Grace, peace, and mercy be to you from God our Father, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The sermon this morning comes from the Gospel lesson. It's a story you're all very, very familiar with, I'm sure, the feeding of the multitudes, of the crowd, the, the more than 5,000. I wonder, have you ever been called to feed a giant crowd of people? Well, the teachers at Maybank Independent School District were. We were staying along just fine until COVID shut everything down. And then, well, the powers that be, our supervisors and whoever, they, they, they said, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> um, the kids are depending upon us for two meals a day, some of them. For some of them, that might be the only two meals that they get that day. You know how life is for some. And so the call went out for volunteers and uh, I guess that went okay. And then, well, maybe some were then voluntold, you know, <laughs> um, get over to the high school or get over to one of those elementary schools where the lunches are being distributed or hey, jump on that bus where people are, where people are taking the the meals out to where the kids normally catch the bus. They don't even have to make it to a school. It's like, you know, mobile lunch coming to you. So that's what we did. We even continued that a little bit into the summer, just until the food truck ran out in a sense. Thousands of lunches. Oh man, I've never seen so many white bread, ham and cheese sandwiches in my whole life. We were making them, stuffing them in every refrigerator, you know, walk-in, stand-up refrigerators at the high school, and whew, And then, well, the fruit, the vegetables, the drinks, the, it was, it's an operation. I mean, it, it, was, it was a lot of work, but you know, uh, it was easy work, right? Mindless, no problem. We never worried about where the food was going to come from because it just, it just kept coming. There was always plenty. Volunteers, plenty of volunteers. Many of them were like, oh, we miss doing anything. So let's just, can we go and we can go and be around people? See, we can go and somehow help kids. Maybe we'll, we'll, we'll see a kid we know when they come to the school to, to pick up a lunch. And, you know, the, the joy of seeing those kids, uh, it, was, it was amazing. But in this case, you know, probably food might have also gone to waste. You know, you make a bunch of stuff and then you have leftovers. And the next day, you make a bunch of stuff and... You have leftovers, and you lose track of the leftovers. And then we worry, oh man, um, is that food too old to, for the next day? You know, you gotta keep track of that. And probably some food got thrown away, but that's okay. The kids were fed, weren't they? And I imagine probably some of their parents and older siblings as well, but we didn't care. Now our gospel lesson, well, it's uh, very different, isn't it? The numbers are overwhelming. More people than you could even imagine to feed. The food delivery trucks, well, they're not coming. The camel caravan, isn't coming. It's not showing up with bread and, and whatever for, for the people. Nope. 
They don't benefit from the nice sort of infrastructure of the city and the school district and people in charge and all of that, you see. No, they're in this uh, remote place, the wilderness. It's a place of danger, the wilderness. It's where Jesus was tempted. It's generally not a place you want to be. But uh, there they were. So the disciples, they have a plan. <laughs> school district had a plan. I think theirs was better. But the, 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 the disciples have a plan. And they say, hey, let's just uh, let's send them away. Uh, that's their whole plan. You know, and you might look at the disciples and go, how could you be like that? I mean, you know, I do that a lot when I'm reading the Bible with the disciples. You see, how, how could you say that? What are you thinking? You know, what kind of a plan is that? And then I forget, oh, I'm a disciple, right? Well, they're not completely without compassion, right? They, they, they want the best for them. They're like, hey, they have to eat. So in their heads, their human heads, right? The, the, the best thing for them to do is to get back to town and, and try to get something to eat there. But can you imagine all these people heading back to town? Who could feed them? Are there enough people with ready-made food? I, I don't know. I, I sort of think about, you know, as a teacher, you, you let out for a workshop and every, every teacher, you know, leaving a campus and overwhelming the nearby restaurants and of course teachers are back late you know because they they think they can go to a sit-down place and get back in time and they never do but you see they, they had they had kind of the right idea they want something to be provided for all these people you know and maybe they thought well you know jesus already did one thing right what do you do he, he had compassion and then he healed their sick and they thought well that's it, right? That's all he's going to do. The show's over. So go home. You know, it's, we've seen the movie Ferris Bueller. Have seen that one at the end? He's like, why are you still here? <laughs> you know, why are you still here? Go home. You know, so maybe they had the same idea. It's all, it's done. Go home. The show's over. But Jesus has a plan. He has something else planned out already. He, he knows all of this is going to happen, you see. I think it's strange. Anytime uh, the disciples come to Jesus with something, kind of watch out. You know, Je Jeffrey uh, Gibbs at Concordia, Dr. Gibbs, he, uh, he's, he says, you know, uh, it's usually not so good what they're going to say or what they're going to do. But do you, think it's, do you find it strange as I do that, that they're giving advice to Jesus? See, Jesus, you should send them away. Jesus, of course, says um, um, no. Um, and it's interesting that you know, when they were called to be disciples, they followed without questioning. They trusted completely. They dropped everything they were doing. And, well, they just followed. And along the way, they got the best teaching, the best sermon, the best everything. They saw all kinds of miracles, all kinds of things. There was never any um, worry about being provided for or taken care of by Jesus because he has the whole of every situation under control. You see, healings, demons cast out, all kinds of things. Control over uh, creation, making winds cease, all of these things. But yet, they, giving advice to Jesus, it's interesting. And then he returns with the real shocker, you know, sometimes uh, the eyes have to be opened or the ears have to be unclogged or whatever it is, he says, no. 
You feed them. Hmm. What are they thinking? I mean, what's the first thing you're going to think? It's impossible. Are you kidding? There ain't no way. No how. Uh-uh. So they go and they kind of scramble, right? It says they collect the things that they have, right? Some fish, some bread, and they come back with like a whole lot of nothing. There's no way. They won't even feed them. Maybe not even half of them or a third of them. And that much less all these other people. So what are they going to do? You see, the disciples acting alone, it's inadequate, right? They, they can't provide for all of these people on their own, by their own means, and by their own strength. I mean, they did what they could, but then Jesus does what they can't. I think that's the important part here. They did what they could, but Jesus does what they can't. If you like that, I borrowed it from somebody, so it's not original. But you see, but isn't that a great picture of salvation? People try to save themselves and work their way to heaven and all of these things, but Jesus does what we can't. He saves us. He provides eternal life for us because we can't provide it for ourselves. Oh, but how we're like them, right? Perhaps you've heard it said, you know, this uh, modern sort of proverb. I bet you could finish this. I bet you could. Do your best and give God the rest. Yeah, I saw somebody out there. Good job. <laughs> Air high five like we're going to be doing next year in school, you know. Wow, is that the right order? Where's the emphasis? You. Do your best. You and your means and your strength and everything else. You. It's all about you. Oh, and then when you finally figure out you can't, oh, we're going to give God the rest. Right? Who's in the driver's seat? Anyhow. Me or him? Well, depends, <laughs> I guess, right? I say, oh, Lord, you're in the driver's seat, okay, and, and guide me, lead me, all of this. But sometimes I say, no, mm -mm. I'm going to guide and lead me myself, right? That's our sinful nature, say, I, I'm going to do it. I don't need you. I'm going to do it. I have a plan for me. I know what it is, and I'm going to do it. You see, see, who's in the driver's seat? Sometimes you plus are. You see, you are. And then we have to say, oh, no, 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 no. Let me take my inadequacies, my um, selfishness, my fear, my whatever it is, you see, my uh, self-righteous behavior, my, all, all of these things. See, when I put myself, say I'm in control of me, well, let me take this all to Jesus, right? Let us take it to Jesus. Let's take it to the cross and repent and receive his forgiveness. Say, oh no, you are in control, complete control of everything all the time. You see, then God provides overwhelming grace. 
you see, to all of us, to everyone. It is so much that we can't really fathom how much. It's just like this endless supply that keeps on coming and we can't even count it like this, well, crowd of people, you see. See, he provides this grace to us when we start trusting ourselves and not him. When we ignore his word and listen to, well, other words, right? When we sin against others and things we've done or left undone. See, the bread of heaven gives himself, right? He comes to earth and gives of himself. Disciples, they're told, okay, what do disciples do? Disciples eat his body and drink his blood, don't they, right? Um, John lays that out in, in uh, chapter 6. I hate reading part of a chapter because, man, this is a great chapter. But I'm going to start at uh, the end, at 52, well, towards the end anyway. 50, in, in verse 52 in John 6, it says, The Jews then disputed among themselves, because Jesus will causes them to do that. That's what he does. How can this man give us his flesh to eat? So Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, Unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. I will raise him up on the last day, for my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I in him. Isn't that comforting? <gasps> He, he abides in us. He actually wants to dwell with us. Isn't that great? As the living Father sent me, I live because of the Father. So whoever feeds on me, he also will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Not like the bread the fathers ate and died. You know, the manna and the wilderness. Whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. Whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. Ah, brothers and sisters, I hope that's all of you. You see, I don't know where anybody is spiritually as I preach. Isn't that, you know, kind of an interesting thing? But, oh, I hope it's you. You see, he gives them, he gives you body and blood in the supper, right? First with them and now with us. He gives himself to be crucified and rise again and ascend. And he's coming again. And we wait with great expectation. So my question again, have you been called to feed the crowds? The answer is yes. As disciples, right? We've all been called to feed the crowds. We're disciples first before we are spouse, uh, father, daughter, co-worker, whatever we are. First we enter as disciples. You see? You feed them. Feed them what? Mercy. Bless you. Yeah. 
Feed them blessings, you see. Mercy, forgiveness, Christ-likeness. Feed them. So sometimes they're hungry and they don't even know for what. And you're going to provide Christ for them. His mercy, His grace that, well, that you've been given, that we've been given. And then those who eat, they will be satisfied. Like they've never known. You see? I think I mentioned last time, I was, I was a heathen unbeliever. Met a Lutheran. I was hungry, so I'd fill my belly with whatever I could find, right? And then finally, ha, finally, something satisfied. This, this right here, this satisfied. I pray that happens to someone you meet out there, ye Lutherans. See, we're confronted with an overwhelming number of hungry, desperate, hurting people. But we always carry the food that satisfies. It's always with us. Don't even need a bag or a refrigerator or a truck or, or anything. See, we always, we always carry it. It's God's grace, words of forgiveness, and the gospel of Jesus Christ, who is always with us. Amen. May the peace that surpasses all understanding be with your hearts and your minds. In Christ Jesus. Amen.